You're listening to Cast, Season 6, Episode 17, My Heart Will Go On. Balthazar prevents the Titanic from sinking, which creates an alternate timeline where Ellen and Joe are still alive. I am one of your newbies, Paul Mackey, in my living room in Duluth, Minnesota, with my lovely wife, Darcy. Well, hello. And my blue-haired son, Fox. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we're also joined down in Texas by our experts. We've got Annie and... Annie. Hello. And, and we've got John Pavlich, who you heard at the top. Greetings. And our other newbie, Yvette. Hey, y'all. And this is just us today. Just us. So hey gang, I, I, when I was looking up the uh, the notes at uh, supernaturalwiki.com, I also found a, b- a bunch of other references that were that were in jokes or whatever in the in the episode. So I'm just going to go through those now instead of uh, trying to hit them all during the summary. So the episode aired on the 99th anniversary of the date the Titanic sank. All right. Uh, cool. The travel agency is called EJ Smith, the captain of the Titanic. Hey! <laughs> All right, I like it. Uh, they're staying at the White Star Motel, which is the White Star line on the Titanic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, when Sam was looking at a Wikipedia site, it's actually called Marconi Pages, which would be named after Marconi, the inventor of the radio. His The uh, radio operators on the Titanic were employed by his company and were vital in the relief efforts. Awesome. Cool. According to Supernatural, the official companion season six, everyone is drinking Astor Cola, named after businessman John Astor, who died on the ship. Wow. Uh, Well, Sam was researching about the Titanic. The picture that is Officers of the Titanic with Balthazar's first mate, I.P. Freely, is actually a picture of the captain and officers of the Carpathia, which is the passenger steamship that rescued many survivors. Ah. Fox, did you get the I.P.? <laughs> do you get no. it now? Do you get it now? It's a joke. Oh, no. Somebody's freely? name is IP. IP Freely. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> what but does Moose do? Does Moose pee freely? Does he pee freely? Do you pee freely? No. Do I pee freely? No. <laughs> <laughs> Missy does. Yeah, okay. she does. Okay. She creates her own streets. And uh, last, uh, last but not least... Uh, apparently what I mistook for a shallot was actually a leak. Ellen pulls a leak out of the grocery bag, which is a joke because the Titanic sunk due to a leak. Yeah. There's a joke like that in uh, Clyder with a Chance of Meatballs 2, where uh, I think it's uh, James Caan, uh, his character, he's like, there's a leak in my boat, and it's a little, you know, it's a, it's a little vegetable. Yeah. It's cute. All right, so uh, we've got a summary from SupernaturalWiki.com, and I'm going to read it, and we'll talk about it. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Sam and Dean are worried about Bobby as he struggles with his grief over Rufus's death. Sam finds a series of unusual deaths among related people in Pennsylvania, but Bobby isn't interested and tells them to leave him alone. Although he's, you know, claims to be working on the whole mother of all thing, Eve thing. 
it was nice to take a break from that mother of all thing for a while. Yeah, I'm tired fun. of it. <laughs> like, so tired. Especially, it's yeah. only been like two episodes. All, I know was going like to say, although we've only gotten like an episode about it. <laughs> well, isn't she? I thought she was tied in with the whole like season arc of like everything's going kind of crazy well, because well, she is, but like they've not really. Like, she basically just showed up, like, a couple episodes ago, and then, like, had, like, an episode dealing with her, and that's it. God, it feels like she's been around for, like, 30 episodes. That's that, you know, (laughs) season six. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's odd, because they they kind of, they had, uh, they had, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, um, um, what's his name? Balthazar? The other guy. Um, Uh, The dead guy. The guy who's dead, the, the, um... Rufus? Uh, the, the, Bob? The, the guy. The guy that's named after the... the um, I.P. Freely. Crowley. Crowley. We had Crowley. I.P. Freely. So do I, but that's, not, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, we had, so we had Crowley and the whole real estate thing and finding alphas. And then IP with taxation. And then, uh, and then that just sort of they they decided to kill that off literally, and then now it's the the, the mother of all thing. Yep. So I don't know, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. I, yeah. There's been two. It could be done now. There's been two arcs so far this season, and we'll see which one. Well, you know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of uh, Lilith. Yeah, where Lilith was like the big thing right at the beginning of the season and didn't show up again until the end. But also, like, another, you know, female character that's supposed to be all big and bad and scary and in charge of a bunch of other demons and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, we're doing this again. As they pack up Dean's Mustang, they're worried about Bobby, but they take comfort in knowing that Ellen will be home soon. Ellen gets home to Bobby. She's been hunting with Joe for a week. She commiserates with Bobby over Rufus's death and fusses about his drinking. Bobby grudgingly accepts her care, and Ellen teases that that's why he married her. Yeah, so we're in an alternate universe. Yeah, cool. Yeah, an alternate timeline. I, 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 I like how the uh, how the how the recap is like going along, like it's totally yeah. fine and normal. Yeah, that's totally normal. Yeah. It's funny. Yep. <clears throat> well, I love an alternate universe story, so I was Me I was ready. Too. I was like, good, in it. Do it. Sam and Dean check out the scene of one of the deaths and find no clues other than, oh yeah, we missed a cold open where the guy has had the uh, series of unfortunate events in his garage. Oh yeah. Um, can I explain with Fox's timelines? What's Fox's timeline? Uh, it's, it's where I um, do my, my good timelines. Okay, okay, talk to me about this. Okay, so the, there's this guy, he's working on um, Thing, yeah, he was trying to work on a lawnmower blade. I think it was. And okay. And then he, um, he's, he needs to grab his beer, but oh no, it moves. So he goes and grabs it, knocks down a thing of nails, starts sweeping it. Then a bunch of balls fall out of the basket, trips on them, and then one of them hits a mouse trap. And goes at the was, garage. Wait, wait, was there a mousetrap? Skateboard. Oh, skateboard. Yeah, 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 there's a skateboard. There was a mousetrap. Was there? 
Yep. Yeah, the skateboard first. He almost took the uh, took the garden shears in the eyes. Oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. That part bothered someone. Right, right. And then this is this is like a podcast version of written by a kid. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So okay. the, the, there was the balls and the uh, there's a mouse trap involved. Uh, yeah, there's the mouse. One of the a yellow ball hits the mouse, mouse trap. trap. And then it, it goes, knocks down the board holding up the garage, and decapitates the man. Yay! Cute. And he twitched. And he twitched. And he yeah. twitched. Yeah. All right, Fox, thanks for the summary of the cold open. You're welcome. And now they're investigating that death. <laughs> oh. Sam and Dean check out the scene of one of the deaths and find no clues other than a thread of pure gold on the ground. As Sam checks out genealogy records, Dean visits another of the relatives who's still living, Sean Russo. But all they learn is that the victim's ancestors arrived in America in 1912. Travel agent Anne Whitting is busy at work selling holidays to Cuba when time freezes. And a blo- Yes, and we get to see our, um, I think, the hero of the episode. Fate? My new favorite supernatural character. Oh, I went to, oh, and her name is Atropos? Mm-hmm. Atropos. Atropos, or Fate. Uh, a blonde woman appears. So Atropos is, I had to look her okay. up, she is the crone of the Fates, mm. and was indeed the smallest of the Fates. Also the ter- most terrible and the most feared, and the oldest. And her symbol was a pair of shears. Yeah. Oh, ah! So- that's why the guy nearly stabbed his eyes out on the pair of shears. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. I run around with scissors at work all the time. Yay. Good for you. But, and she did say, you know, I've got, two, <laughs> I've got two sisters who are literally much larger. Yes, Le- Lachesis, Lachesis and Clotho. I think Clotho was the one I'd heard of before. I think I'd heard of Lachesis before. <sighs> I know all those names from Insomnia. Yeah, Insomnia, that's where I heard of them. What is Insomnia? It's a Stephen King novel. Oh, okay. It's so. Is it a Stephen? Is it a novel about the fates? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. pretty much. Oh, exciting! Okay, I'll read it. I love um, anything sort of mythology, <clears throat> Greek mythology. It's related. it's all it's also connected to another one of his books called. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, that's uh, Desperation and the Regulators. Never mind, I forgot what I said. Oh, uh, insomnia is set in Dairy. <laughs> but it's heavily connected <laughs> to the Dark Tower. Yeah, it does connect to the. Dark well, they're all and connected to the Dark Tower. And, and it connects to it. Get out of the corner. I know Ooh. what that corner is about. Sorry, hold on. Uh, travel agent Anne Whitting is busy selling, busy at work selling holidays to Cuba when time freezes. No, we could wait because Yvette said something after that. Yeah. Okay. That was how we got Atropos. Yes, Atropos, right. Okay. She's um, awesome. Oh, yes. She's the best. I would love to watch a show about her and her sisters. Me too. And me too. She's cute too, so he makes it better. She was cute, and I thought the actress did a really good job. Oh, who's she? Yeah, she did. Who's she? Her name is uh, Katie Katie Walden, uh-huh. or is it Walden or Walder? Has she been uh, in anything else? Uh, no, I looked her up. I nothing uh, jumped out at me, but okay. um, but yeah, she was she was good. I feel like every time I look up any actor now that I like in anything, the thing that I've seen them on has been I Zombie, because everything is made in Canada. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um... Blonde woman appears and places Amy's car keys under the photocopier, because you do. When time restarts, Anne looks for her keys, and when she goes to retrieve them, her scarf is caught in the copier and strangles her. It's a little more complicated than that, but we'll we'll go with that. (laughs) So this, I felt like this scene and the scene with, like, 
the garage door and everything kind of contradicts what we know about the way people die in this universe. Like, I thought, like, a reaper popped up and then, like, reaped them. But now we have, like, a fate that comes and, like, yeah. arranges yeah, it. Yeah, fate comes and arranges it, and the reaper reaps them after that. Okay, and then death becomes involved after that right. point. This is a very bureaucratic system, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, so, so that, 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 that travel agency, is a, there's fate, they're arranging it, and then death comes and touches, the reaper comes and takes the soul away. It's, it's, a, it's a grand central station of people coming and going the whole time anybody dies. Yeah, that's a, it's a lot of work getting somebody killed off. Right. Yeah, I don't know. After Anne dies, the blonde woman reappears with a book in her arms. She opens it on a list of names, and a thread of gold falls from the bookmark. She then crosses Anne Whitting's name out and leaves. At the, after the brothers investigate the scene, Dean calls Ellen, who reports that there have been 75 similar deaths nationwide. They all appear to be freak accidents, and gold threads have been found at the scenes. Joe and her crew are looking into a cluster of deaths in California. The only common factor they found between the victims that their forebears all arrived in 1912 on the Titanic, a passenger steamship that none of them have heard of. Hmm. After further investigation, Sam finds that on its maiden journey across the Atlantic, the Titanic nearly hit an iceberg. Disaster was averted, however, by the first mate, the suspiciously named I.P. Freely. <laughs> oh, Balthazar. He finds a photo of the crew, and I.P. Freely is revealed to be the angel Balthazar. The brothers summon Balthazar, who claims that he went back in time to stop the Titanic from sinking because he hated the movie Titanic and the song My Heart Will Go On. When Sam asks, yeah. Yeah, when Sam asks how he could I change hate history. I that song, too. Yeah. I never heard it. You have. Oh, I'll sing it for you later, Fox. <laughs> well, now look what you've done. the outro of this episode. Don't worry. Oh, why? <laughs> why would you do that we'll to us? Car- we'll find a karaoke track and sync it up on YouTube. We'll all hit it. You're mean. <laughs> Let's do it. No. Oh my god! So I just found out that the place I know Atropos from, she was on Gilmore Girls. Okay. On like hey. Okay. She was the athletic roommate of like Rory oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, like in college yeah, at Yale. Okay, yeah. okay. All right. Now I feel better because I knew that she was very familiar, but I just didn't know from where. That's last. totally it. <laughs> the brothers summon Balthazar, who claims that he went back in time. I did that part already. It feels like I'm just reading over and over and over again. It's like you live in an alternate universe. Like studying for a things. final. The brothers summon Balthazar. Oclam- just kidding. <laughs> when, when Sam asks how he could change history, Balthazar states that there are no more rules. Aside from all the passengers he saved, whose descendants would never have been born, he acknowledges there are some other changes. Sam and Dean don't drive an Impala, which apparently they don't even know what that is. And Ellen and Joe are alive. When Sam and Dean point out that something is killing the descendants of the Titanic passengers, about 50,000 people, Balthazar states that he doesn't care, and he disappears. So I'm not sure if I, like, I really liked this episode, but, like, the conceit of it is sort of, it kind of falls apart if you start thinking about it. Like, I think, because I don't know, okay, so we've got these 50,000 extra people, um, they are the descendants somehow of like the 200 people or whoever, however many people were on the Titanic. Um, And then that becomes important because now those people all have to die because fate doesn't want them there. But then maybe it would be better if they'd never been born. Although 
not sure if it makes any sense why that would be so. <laughs> yeah, thank oh, you. you suck. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that song. What do you mean? You think you've heard it? Well, yeah. It's horrible. I don't like it. Okay. Okay. All right, then. Yeah. Yeah, so that now there's all the extra souls that uh, that uh, apparently can be used somehow. Powerful souls, power, the power of souls to uh, to tip the tides in that war that they're having up there. How would that help? I don't know. Their souls are powerful things. But what do you, I mean? Unless the angels are going to like use them for something. Apparently they are or were. I just I don't know. Okay. And Castiel's being super shady, and he's, like, lying directly to their faces. This is, like, work, I'm telling you. <laughs> if you wanted more souls, though, like, I feel like you could have gone back in time and stopped, like, a major genocide, and then you would have had even more souls. Yeah, Ooh, the Holocaust. Like, yeah, stop. Yeah. Right, Holocaust, stop the Holocaust. Dude. Stop, I don't know, um, some big war, like the Vietnam War, you could have stopped that. You would have had a bunch more people. Like, why the Titanic? I don't know. I don't know. I think there's probably a lot more... A lot more pieces to, to, to run off to stop the Holocaust or to stop the Vietnam War yeah. compared to like maybe it's e- maybe it's easier because it's all uh, yeah, an concentrated. Everybody's on you a boat. You just stop the assassination of Franz Ferdinand, and go. then you know, like I don't know. Yeah, but okay. World War it was a maybe idea, maybe because it brought back Ellen and Joe, and that's the one thing that the boys would not try to undo. Oh snap! Good oh. Planning. Uh, planning ahead. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. it That's why you're the head detective. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) why you're in charge here. (laughs) Just a thought I had. No, you're right. That's good. That's good. It's for me. Yeah. The boys call Bobby, who has worked out that the fates are responsible. Apparently, they're trying to counter the changes Balthazar's actions brought about. Bobby suggests... They convince Balthazar to resync the Titanic, but when Dean reveals that Ellen and Joe would die, Bobby tells them to do everything they can not to let that happen. That was sweet, the way he was acting. Yeah. Yeah. The next day, Sam and Dean try to speak to Sean Russo, but he gets hit by a bus and killed. Sam noticed... In an awesome Final Destination, like, callback. Yeah, this, (laughs) this episode was very Final Destination, which I also love. I did a commentary for that movie uh, like a year ago. Oh, fun. Yeah. Cool. There were a lot of things from like callbacks to that first movie, which is my favorite. And I was like, ah, nail gun, bus slam. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I haven't seen it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, And then... It, I, there's one of the f- like ones later in the franchise that's also excellent. I'm trying to, I don't know which one it is though. I'm gonna have to like go to like the Final Destination wiki to figure. <laughs> the one with this kill in it. No, it's like uh, one where you know how like later sequels and horror movies became like super meta yeah. and like inward looking. Oh yeah, I think that's I think that's the last one. Yeah, is it the? It's really yeah. good. I think it's just called the Final Destination. I've seen them all, so it's yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, I'm I, so ready for Halloween season. I, me too. I saw the <laughs> second one; that was enough. Um, 
but uh, but here's a fun fact: the uh, script for Final Destination originated as an episode of the X Files. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. That's why that, cool. that's that's why there are those two like Mulder and Scully FBI agents in the movie. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Sam notices a woman watching from a nearby building and thinking that she could be fate, they pursue her. They're standing in a dark kitchen when she stops time and opens all the gas valves in the room and they apparently don't smell anything. It's the non-smelly <laughs> gas. I guess. I don't know. Their their noses are all just stopped up with uh, rock salt and stuff. Sulfur. Sulfur. Sulfur noses. Sulfur nose. Therefore, you probably wouldn't smell that because sulfur... No, they're always noticing the smell of sulfur. <laughs> Could you imagine just having to smell that all the time? That'd be terrible. No. That sounds miserable. Rotten eggs all day long. There is some sort of plant near where I work. And on some days. The fart factory? It smells very much like that, but it's more. uh, It smells exactly like dog poo. And I don't know why. Oh, no. And it, like, will waft down the hill into our building. Huh. And the whole building smells yep. like Yep, yep, it's the fart factory. Down, downwind. It's not the fart factory. You are the fart factory. I now. am. Stop it. <laughs> the tooth factory. No, is there something over there? I don't know. Is there, like, no. a waste plant or... I don't know. I could look poop up... Machine. I could look up dog poop smell Lincoln Park and see if anything comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Google. Okay, you work Google for <laughs> right. dog poop smell in Lincoln Park. and I, I, You know, these are things mu- one must know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Make sure you spell Lincoln Park properly. Mom, I bet you... L-I-N-K-I... Oh, wait. No! <laughs> Mom? Stop that. Mom, just, what? just make sure it's not a giant moose, because I bet you... It's giant a moose. A Got giant it. Moose. On it. All right. Okay, I'm going to keep going, because, hey, we'll get, rid of the, we'll get done with this eventually. Um, when time restarts, Dean's flashlight dies and he takes out his lighter. Actually, Sam takes out his lighter, but whatever. When it sparks, the gas ignites, but Castiel appears at the last second and transports the boys to safety. In white Russia, for whatever reason. I guess because Fate's not looking there? Now I want a Caucasian. Uh, I see what you did there. He tells them that fate is angry at them because in averting the apocalypse they rendered her obsolete. Then by dangling themselves in front of her, which, you know, Dean likes to do. <sighs> Dean and Sam made her even more angry and Castiel says that she likely won't stop until they're dead. They will need to kill her using a weapon that Balthazar has and Sam suggests that they use themselves as bait. Because he would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As Ellen tells Bobby, Joe has tracked another 30 deaths on the West Coast. Ellen suggests that they need the angels to sink the boat, so Bobby reveals that she and Joe's lives are at stake as well. Back in Chester, Sam and Dean try and go about their business, anxious at the possibility of death at every turn. Finally, a piece of machinery falls from a building, but Castiel stops time before it crushes them. This was a a very funny scene. I really had a few good chuckles. Yeah. Atropos appears and confronts Castiel. She is one of the three fates, and she is angry that fate no longer has a role 
and everything is in chaos since the apocalypse was averted. She also charges that Castiel ordered Balthazar to avert the Titanic disaster, so there would be 50,000 souls in existence that otherwise wouldn't be, and she intimates, intimates this is part of his war effort. Yeah, this was a really good scene. Like I said, Atropos is a queen, and she's awesome, and I like that they're turning Castiel darker and kind of into like a more questionable character, morality-wise. Yeah. Castiel doesn't admit anything. More of this, please. Yes, yes. Castiel doesn't admit anything, but says she will. But she says she will kill Sam and Dean if Castiel doesn't sink the ship. Changing the future is one thing, but changing the past is the very last straw. Castiel, in turn, threatens to kill her, and she reminds him that she has two very powerful sisters who will go after Sam and Dean if she dies. Just as Balthazar is about to kill her, Castiel stops him and agrees to sink the Titanic again. Ah, into the last last paragraph. Sam and Dean wake up in the Apollo, back at Bobby's place with Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On playing on the radio. They think that they've just had the same dream, but Cass reappears and reveals that what happened was real. He wants them to remember so they know who fate is, and so that they know Castiel is fighting for freedom from destiny. Then when Dean asks, he tells him that Balthazar really did change history because he didn't like the movie Titanic, revealing nothing about his possible war plans. Interesting. Yeah, lied right to him, apparently, unless she was wrong about his motives, but it seems like... Nah, she right. seemed like she knew what was, she was talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope she comes back. I doubt she will, but I'd really like to see her again. Inside, Bobby lies asleep on the couch. Sam and Dean look at him sadly, knowing what he's lost. Dean covers him with a blanket, and they let him sleep. End of summary. Yeah, 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 no, I, I, I thought that was, uh, I'd like to see her again, too. Yeah, Atropos is great. Love her. Seems like there would be, a, it seems like there'd be more reasons later on to bring her back at some point. They're always... If not yeah. her, maybe her two sisters. Yeah, there's still two more sisters left. Yeah, I'm fangirling hard. I love it. And if she's the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Hey, so who wins this episode if uh, one of these two boys can win this episode? Sam or Dean? Atropos wins. Atropos. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's the winner. So that would be neither, though. That would be neither, yeah. I, I, I'll go with yeah. that. I'm, I'm cool with going Atropos wins. Fox? <laughs> and who wins? I, 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 I need a little more time to think. Yeah, it's got, the, the idea is that it's Sam or Dean. Or neither or both. Both. Both? Oh, okay. Alright. Sounds good. Still works out <laughs> still works out the same on the spreadsheet. Yep. I had a lot of trouble like I was trying to stick to the binary and had a trouble picking a winner for this episode. So I decided to just go really simple and go with who won rock, paper, scissors. Um, <laughs> okay. and I, I went back and looked at that scene again <laughs> and I realized that when they play rock, paper, scissors, um, it's kind of a gag that they do from time to time on the show and Dean always picks scissors um, and he did this time and Sam picks um, Paper. Sam always picks a rock I guess so he Sam always wins um, but this time Dean picked the, the scissors and Sam I guess picked paper and looked stunned about it <laughs> and so I was like oh that, that's a really subtle little wow. know, callback gag that they did so I'm going to go with Dean because not only did he win rock, paper, scissors, he did it through B 
being consistently Dean through two different timelines. <laughs> wow. I never picked up on that. That's deep man, cuts. that's a, I like it. That's a deep cut, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say neither one because they both have to retain the memory of of that timeline and what they've lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, what's well, the tie, y'all? Sweet. All right. Oop. Uh, oh, what the heck comes next after that? Do we do quotes? Huh? Quotes? It's quotes. Quotes. Oh, yeah. I didn't write anything down. It's quotes. Hey, how about that? I looked up the outline. Uh, All right, I've, I've, got, okay. I've got one. Sorry, you've got me confused for the other angel, the one in the dirty trench coat who's in love with you. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't even note that one in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was like waiting for somebody to say something, but I, I, I don't know. If, I guess maybe you guys didn't catch it or. <laughs> nope. Dean, good, good stuff. Uh, anyone own a slave? What? Routine question. Uh, any nice, any ties to the Nazi party? Excuse me. Did Grandma ever piss off a gypsy? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that when he when he tells him get out of my office. He goes okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll go with uh, too soon. Yeah, Dean. Six seconds is too soon. <laughs> Which I didn't actually have in here because it wasn't in the list of quotes, but I, that's that one I would have gone for. <laughs> uh, the only other one I wrote down was, what do you want to do? We can't just sit here and watch him poop out his liver. Yes, very good. Yes. <laughs> Who's Celine Dion? Oh, she's a destitute lounge singer somewhere in Quebec. Let's keep it that way, please. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I noticed I wrote another one down. What? Do I have something on my face? <laughs> All right. Is that it? Yep. Okay. We've got feedback. Yay. Feedback. Yay. We've got a couple of things off of uh, Facebook. Awesome. Right. One's a little vague and one's uh, one specific. Here we go. Uh, Simone says, "All I remember is fate, and well, the obvious link to the Titanic. It's not a terrible episode. There are just many more better ones." Smiley face. Thanks, Simone. Um, I don't know. I thought it was uh, out of this season. I think it's pretty good, but we'll see. I was abused. Uh, Nutty says, "Okay, rewatch this. I think this is an important episode because we see how far Cass has been going in his war." I like that we don't start the episode in our reality and then transition into the alternate, but we see we, that we start in the alternate and get little hints like the Mustang, and it is obvious by the time you see Ellen. I love Ellen with Bobby, and I love how they seem to fit so well and fill those holes in each other, and then it's gone. Thank you, Nutty. Yay! Hey. Thanks, Nutty. That's feedback, so we could rate. Rating. Rate. I, I really like this episode. Um, it's funny. Uh, there are some uh, pretty big revelations uh, in the episode, so it's not like a like a waste or a one off. Um, and you know we've got the character uh, fate introduced, and uh, she's really memorable. A lot of fun there. Uh, I'm going to give this one nine out of ten timelines. Very nice. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I thought uh, I thought there was some real meat to it. I, I liked the introduction of Fate. I like that Castiel is going gray. Um, as far as we can tell, I mean, I mm-hmm. so uh, 
all of that, and I, I like that it was that it was kind of a wacky alternate timeline, but it was important as well. So uh, I'm also going to give it nine out of ten baskets of balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I did enjoy this episode. I don't enjoy all of them, so you know that's that's good. It was entertaining, and I think we got somewhere. So I'm going to give it uh, eight out of ten icebergs. Iceberg, right ahead. Oh. Yep. Annie. <laughs> um, I also liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. And um, it's it's funny. It's fun. And uh, you guys are picking up on some good stuff. Um, so I will give it uh, 8 out of 10 trippy balls. Very nice. <laughs> um, I will also rate. I loved this episode, mainly because I think Atropos is great. Yeah, I like an alternate universe storyline. And even though it doesn't necessarily make sense what was going on, I like the cast is going darker. And I am giving this my highest this season by far. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 adorable German shepherds. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Right on. So cute. So that gives this episode an 8. Oh, Fox. Fox. My apologies. Um... I really liked this episode. I liked all the humorous events, especially in the park. And so I'm going to rate it 8 out of 10 decapitating garage doors. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Uh, That gives this episode an 8.67 out of 10. So that is uh, our second highest of the season, I believe. We've had some really low ones this season, too. Yeah. Yeah, there have been some lows, but I loved this one. It was good. Yeah. So, Fox, you think you're gonna you're gonna stick out this plan of joining us only for Nubentarius and not paying attention to the rest of the season? It's up to you, man. It's up to you, no man. Pressure. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a permanent member of the podcast. Yeah. I but, uh, I just yeah, if you get bored with it, you can yeah, email. It's Let just I don't like watching episodes when I'm not watching it with all of you. It just oh. doesn't feel mm. the same. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I can understand that. Yeah, too, Fox. It's hard for me sometimes to. It feels like work to make myself do it. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, huh? Yeah. yeah, and I and I just really didn't want want to do that. So that's the reason I'm probably just gonna stick to Noob and Terry's and the episodes for the. Okay. Episode we watched in the new hey, movie. we 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 have to we we forced you to deal with. Uh, we force you to deal with us doing podcasting Stop. every week. We force you to deal with us doing podcasting every week, and I think uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you might want to join in on a little occasen. Yeah. So. We only have one more Terry uh, for, the, for the season. Oh, there's only one more Nubin Terry this season? Yep. Okay. Well, we're almost done with the season, yeah, so yeah. Yay. Oh, which one is it? Uh, the last one, last episode for the season. Ah, okay. okay. Hey, hey, John, what, what is our homework for next week, then? Next week's homework is a two-episode cluster for episodes 18 and 19, uh, respectively called Frontierland and Mommy Dearest. Cowboys mm-hmm. uh, and okay. Hollywood. <laughs> and dogs. No more uh, we should have done a new Terry for Frontierland. <laughs> Frontierland. I'm hoping it's like um, Westworld. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like a amusement park. 
Remember that place we went to in Nebraska? What was that? Um, that was uh, uh, Buffalo Bill Cody's Trading Post. Was that it, or what? I think so. Yeah. What was that place in Wisconsin with the wooden roller coaster that I rode on? That, that was an amusement park. That was an amusement what, park. That wasn't Frontierland. Though. No. What was it called? Um, Little America with America being with America in the middle spelled M E R R I C K because the guy has uh, got an ego. It's called Little America. Oh, I love egos. Anyways, that's a- my uh, my first girlfriend was apparently related to Bill Cody. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Just felt like Sharon. <laughs> Thank you. I might be wrong what the to- trading post was called, but I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to look it up, but I don't know. They had a muffler man. Muffler man Indian. Had a muffler man. Had to take a picture with the muffler man. Really big things. Iris is doing snow. Okay, hey, I guess we're we're done. Yeah. Hey. Okay. uh, So, on behalf of everybody, especially Iris, writhing on the floor, sighing loudly, I'll just say happy hunting. (laughs) Bye. Happy hunting. Happy hunting. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to Idgitcast from QuadrupleZ.com. Join the discussion at Facebook.com slash We love feedback. You can email us or send us an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to prevent accidental spoilers. Our email address is IdgitCastPodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. Find the band at BorrowedTrouble.com. Lyrics and vocals by Idgitcast's founder, Allie Jones who you can find out all about at imthewonderband.com. The closing music you hear right now is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan and is used by permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as back episodes of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You can hear more from the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, an intro cast for the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. John Pavlich can be heard on CastleCast, a fan cast for the ABC series Castle at castlecast.net and his own Sofa Dogs podcast at sofadogs.libsyn.com. Now you can also watch the Sofa Dogs YouTube channel at youtube.com slash user slash sofa dogs. Annie is currently acting as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of charity screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity, benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host an event, visit www.cantstoptheserenity.com. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, an intercast for the television series Slings and Arrows, also featured on quadruplez.com. Brought to you by the letter C. Actually, it's the letter D for D. No, no, it's the letter B. Work. Oh. Work.
We're under attack. Just park right back. in the mic there, uh, miss. <laughs> Come here, miss. Is this thing on? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, 